Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language, and with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from pompous pixies to poking piercers. And today we're talking about the Underdark. <laughs> All right, Brian, let's talk about the Underdark. Deep underground. Yes, it is. And it's also going to be the first Atlas Exteris episode uh, that doesn't actually um, get into a different plane of existence exactly. Although there are there is some planar weirdness going yeah, on about the Underdark. Yeah, down there. Definitely, definitely. Well, the Beholder lives in the Underdark, right? One of the many horrific things that lives in the Underdark, So many yes. horrible things that we've yes. touched on that just yeah. live down there. Yeah, right. the There's under- only like one horrible thing that we've, one not horrible thing we've talked about that does live down there. I think it's Deep Gnomes, right? Yes, that's one of, there are, and there are more than Deep Gnomes that are not terrible that live there. Oh, okay. But the Underdark is known to be the stomping grounds of some of the most evil shit out there. The most evil doubt. shit under there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. Illithids, you know, Mind Flayers live down there. Beholders, the Drow Empire is down there. Darrow or murderous, like, dwarf drow creatures that live Ooh. down there. Um, Durgar live down there. Um, there. There's all kinds of nasty stuff down there. So we've talked <clears> a little bit about who, and I'm sure we'll get into some more who later, but mm-hmm. where. Let's talk about some where. Yes. Okay. So, well, first, we, we will talk about where, but first let's establish what the Underdark is. Okay. 
Thin or Dark is a sprawling continent-spanning network of caverns, passages, wide abysses, and deep, deep crevasses. So that's where sinkholes come from. Um, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could say that. Yeah, when whenever someone gets sucked down to a sinkhole, they're just getting taken to the Underdark. Oh, they've gone to the Underdark. They're drowned um, now. It, and despite the fact that it's so, and it is very deep underground, like you, like you said, we want to talk about where. Uh, the Underdark is divided into three sections, and uh, it's the Upper Dark, the Middle Dark, and the Lower Dark. Sometimes it's just uh, shortened to the Shallows and the Deeps. But oh, wow. um, okay. the Upper Dark starts around three miles below the surface start so anything above three miles is just considered underground just regular old underground yes just some tunnels just some some Um, plain ass tunnels now i've seen where like there's no defining marker where the underdark begins or ends but i've also seen where there's almost like a magical barrier for when the underdark begins because the underdark is kind of simultaneously treated as not its own um a plane of existence and its own plane of existence at the same time. Okay. Uh, and I've seen it portrayed in both ways, but the reason that, that it is portrayed the way it is is because um, the deeper you go, the more reality, I guess, begins to fray on that. Uh, you're kind of uh, approaching the edge of the plane of existence, I oh, suppose. Shit. Like, this isn't official, but basically what happens is um, the reason that there's such a, a deep far realm and um, abyssal kind of influence is because the the wall between the planes is thin here. And so for some reason, I guess you're, you're kind of reaching the edge of reality. Okay, so... The deeper I, you go. I, we might go a little bit off topic yeah. here, but... It's a weird subject, so, so let's talk like, about it. I make a campaign. Yes. The world is round? Um, I, I would... It, maybe. Maybe. It could be. Okay, I make a classic D&D campaign. Uh-huh. The world is round? Mm, probably not. Okay, yeah. Probably okay. not. I think of everything in D&D as the way D&D describes it as like discs almost. Right. Like Or rings mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. a solid middle. Yeah. So like the material plane of existence would be like this solid middle. Mm-hmm. And then so if you would burrow into it, you would there would be like a crust layer. And mm-hmm. then you would go into what would be the underdark probably. Right. Maybe. And then eventually if you kept going, it would just like... You would enter a new plane of existence because it's like a it's like a pizza almost. Right. And I it definitely can be portrayed like that. And often it, it is. Okay. That's not how I usually run this okay. I don't like the underdark very much. Number one, it's the scariest <laughs> fuck place, but number two, it just like it just I don't know. I, I just don't like underdark. I found very as role much. play as a role player, like when I'm role playing, yeah. when I experience things my character doesn't like, mm-hmm. I also don't like them. Yeah, it's I think funny. I think that's yeah, I think that is probably a big part of it. Um but and and vice versa like uh, being trapped underground gives me claustrophobia, so like why would I want to go there or run it <laughs> why or, would run I a want campaign to? there? Yeah, why would I want to think in detail about yeah. what this place is when yeah. I have this like issue with it? Yeah, right, I, I get that. Right. I get that. Um but like okay, so the underdark also has a lot of inconsistencies. It's almost like this melting pot of like let's just put a bunch of horrible shit here or if we don't know where to put something we'll put it in the underdark that's yeah. kind of what it feels like to me so it doesn't have a, a as a cohesive uh lore yeah yeah as a matter of fact it has a lot of conflicting lore like what made the underdark there's some lore that say uh like the primordials when they crafted everything made it others say that there was a god named tarog who got trapped down here for like a myriad of like esoteric reason and they spun him around and in the chair a lot had, blindfolded him and then he just tried to dig his way out <laughs> sure well he did try and dig his way out and that is part of his lore and uh but he can't escape and so he eternally 
creates more and more underdark. I don't and understand directions. he's going deeper directions. and deeper and deeper. Ah. Well, well, no, it said he's trapped down there. He can't break the ceiling. Oh, He whoa. can't exit. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so now he resides deep, deep, deep <laughs> in the deep, deep, deep. What's deep. it? Tor- what's Tarog. Tarog. Yeah. Uh, MTV Chris. Uh, the uh, one who crawls Tarog. beneath. Uh, that, oh, the yeah. one who crawls beneath. Yeah, yeah, um, makes sense. And then uh, there, there's uh, there's other uh, lore where it's like the Underdark was is just being crafted over millennia by like things like beholders. We talked about beholders in the disintegration rays and purple worms also burrow. And there's all kinds of great burrowing creatures that could have like scoured out all this. Yeah, I was all gonna these say purple worm would have been one of my running candidates to like figure out who right. made the underdark. Yeah. And then there's there's also uh just the fact that like there are huge sections of the underdark made out of what's called living stone, which just molds and changes over centuries. So like although that won't really affect like humans trying to map the underdark because their lifespans are so short, like dark elves live for at least a, a millennia. Okay. And uh, paths that they knew in their second century are no longer the same in their fourth century. So, like, that's another thing. Getting lost in the Underdark is a serious issue. So maybe the Living Stone just kind of over. So it is kind of planar in that way. Like, if you were in the plane of fire, like there, mm-hmm. you're going to be born like fire elemental stuff is going to like influence you. Maybe like if you're like I would think I'm kind of thinking about Genasi. Like, okay, they have that planar influence going on. So if you get mm-hmm. lost in the Underdark, that plane might like influence you to become Underdarky. For lack of a better term, I guess over time. Um, I, well, I mean, I think the dark elves were always dark elves before they got banished there. Oh, okay. Um, they didn't have the sunlight sensitivity and stuff until later on. So, like, I guess that did influence them. Um, that seems more of like a biological thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so no, it doesn't really have that that effect, okay. but it does have some effects. Okay, so, um, the the underdark permeates with this magical radiation called uh, God. It's Fair, fair, fair's rest, fair's rest, or something like that. It's okay. a magical radiation, cool. and I've seen it portrayed in two two ways. One is it's just this invisible radiation that permeates the underdark. Uh, the other is it's like a mist that kind of fills the underdark. Okay. Um, either way, it has a couple of very specific effects. Number one, it is uh, a major food source for mo- for a lot of the plant and fungi life down here. There's no sunlight down here. Okay. So. They, they, so they're like energy absorbing has to this from, mist. Yeah, they've they've learned to feed off the the mist or the radiation, whichever whichever you're using. Um, second effect is it has a, a, a crazy wild effect on magic, much like a sorcerer's uh, wild magic chart might. Ooh, okay. And third, and I think this might be the most important, is that it completely nullifies any type of scrying or teleportation spells. Oh shit! You cannot teleport into the underdark or out of the underdark. That's crazy in and, like late game campaigns because mm-hmm. a lot of I see a lot of parties like start to rely on scrying. Yeah, yeah, nice. absolutely, absolutely. And way to the fuck them up. Yeah, way to fuck them up. So if you're doing magic down there, are you rolling uh, like off of a random table, kind um, of like that? Yeah, if you're using if you're using the radiation in that way, I would. For me, like I like the mist way of going about it. I just think it's cool. So like, I would I would only have them roll like the wild magic if they're like in some thick mists. Okay, um, cool. But that's just me. I, I think officially you're you're supposed to run that basically all the time. Ah, uh, geyser. I like yeah. when geysers go off. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> Super random. Um, so this continent-spanning network of caves and caverns, despite it being underground and there being no sunlight and it being mostly stone, is actually home to a lot of ecosystems, some major cities, and um, just uh, more than a few civilizations that have risen and fallen. Okay. Um, there are uh. All kinds of deadly fungi and plants that grow down here. Um, 
food is scarce and oftentimes players will be forced with the decision of trying to eat some of these plants and suck some of them some will mist. really hurt you oh. will really fuck you up you can't really suck on the mist no you can't <laughs> you gotta you gotta live long enough you, like the plants yeah you gotta be you gotta be a fun guy <laughs> cool um but like I said, the civilizations, like we're talking about Durgar, which are like, they're like evil, dark dwarves, kind of. Okay. And they've been portrayed in a couple ways. I don't really want to get into them. The underdwarves. Um, yeah, the underdwarves, <laughs> if you will. Um, there are the deep gnomes that do have some cities and whatnot. And like, I, I'm going to be honest, like, I don't I don't understand how deep gnomes get, a, get around. Yeah. Right it is a scary fucking place. They must just kind of yeah. hold up in like a section. They got cities like yeah. Bling, Blingden Stone or whatever. That's like their major city in the Forgotten Realms. Maybe they know, know what dynamite is. Aren't they really crafty? They're really crafty. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so, they're setting I mean, traps. I'm sure they got defenses. But the drow are ruthless and the drow are powerful, dude. Yeah. Like the, it is said that the drow, if they were to ever get their shit together, like... They would be a force to fucking reckon with in the in the surface world. So they're kind of just in disarray down there. Um, Maybe like yes and no. We'll talk very. Let's talk a little bit about the drow because I the drow will get their own episode mm-hmm. uh, because there's just such a a crazy crazy monster race. But um, they're definitely the dominant force of the underdark. Okay, uh, they so have the top dog. They are definitely not. Like they're well, not, inter- it's not undisputed. Like they have problems; they're constantly in wars with other races yeah, I would and imagine. whatnot. Like power, but other like powerful shit. They are exceptionally powerful. They have, they're, they have numbers on their side, right? Yes, to a certain degree. Okay, I think uh, each of their big cities probably has anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand drow rolling around pretty in good, it. Pretty good, pretty um, good. But uh, the thing about the drow is they're ruled by a goddess named Loth, whose basic tenets are it's all about the survival of the fittest kind of deal sure and that he she constantly wants them backstabbing each other so only the best only the most cunning only the strongest only the most arcane kind of filtering only the best like they're they're pretty big on the whole eugenics thing okay uh yeah only the best uh, survive and because of that like they're scary like uh, theoretically uh, a single drow warrior could probably take on like four elven warriors on his own Ooh. yeah they don't fuck around but because they're constantly in this game of thrones and vying for power like they can never get their shit together enough to actually do anything yeah no one's cooperating yeah We're all no one's cooperating vying everyone's vying for power on top of that they got some weird like they're a matriarchal society to the extreme oh, cool. like men are basically slaves even like the most highborn men, you're you're nothing. I'm down. Yeah, and like they they can they they have a really miserable ex- uh, like existence where it's like even if you're like a prominent warrior, if two like noble women take an interest in you, and you as as a man you can never initiate a relationship that you'll be you'll just be killed if you try. Um, you have to entertain both of these women, and if if. One of them loses interest. The here, here's what got me. I was reading this. Don't if, run out of steam. No, if one of the yeah, if one of them loses interest in the rivalry with the other woman, oh. the 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 way they announce that the rivalry is over is they cut off the head of the male and deliver the body to the rival, just to say like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah. So no, I know men, you're not. Men in the, men in this uh, society, they have a fucked up experience. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, but let's we'll talk about drow later. But they definitely are the dominant force. Cool. The most organized. Um, they're the only ones with like a legit military, and they have the most cities. They're mostly going to be in your uh, middle dark. Although the most famous drow city, Menzo Berenzin, is technically in the upper dark, and okay. it's actually probably the most flourished of all the drow cities because of its proximity to the surface has allowed for uh, heavy slave trade 
and other trade as well, but also raiding of the surface. Okay. And because of its uh, removal of the mid- from the rest of the cities in the Middle Dark, it doesn't have to deal with uh, other cities fucking with their shit. Okay. So they've actually flourished. And, uh, and okay, we're moving on. So uh, ecosystems. There's, like, huge, like, chasms full of just giant webs just with spider swarms, like oh, giant man. spider swarms. Like, uh, uh, there's... The Drider? Yeah, well, driders are part of a drow society. We'll talk about the oh, drider really? with drow. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Um, there's two types of drider. You're some some are turned into a drider as punishment. Others are turned into a drider as a reward for being so pious to Loth. Oh, okay. Because so you- Loth has three forms. She has the the form where she looks like a drow. She has the form where she looks like a giant demonic spider, and she has the form of her drider form. Those Which are is kind three. of like the centaur of spiders. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. That's a, it's a loath thing. Okay, cool. So, hashtag loath thing. Do you know more about being punished into being? Like, what's the difference between being rewarded to let's, become a drow? Let's, and let's a not talk about drow. They're going to get their episode. We got a lot to talk oh, about when it comes to the drow yeah, yeah, okay. All right, moving on from the drow. So uh, there's other ecosystems like huge sprawling like fungi, um, forest and mushroom forests. Um, there's a... A race of creatures that live down here that are kind of neutral. They're called myconids, and they're basically like they're mushroom called, fungus humans. Called myconids? Yeah, it's oddly close to myconites. Sorry. What? Oh, my! Oh, like myconites, <laughs> the, the candy. I don't know what I. They're like, myco, I pictured, myconids. I pictured a myco, lot of different yeah, things. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyways, yeah, they're like fungus people, and they're pretty neutral. I actually don't know too much about them as of right now, but um, they kind of belong. The way I what one thing I do know is like they have like a society that is kind of all one, if you will. Like they're all part of a greater organism that is oh, the fungus, if you will, part of the ship. Yeah, the they're all, yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, part of shit, part of the crew. That's them. Okay. Um, they're like interconnected in yes, some way. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, and so they they exist down there, and they're they're people that you might find some some sort of. Uh, it, it's not like a hive mind thing, is it? Uh, it can be. Okay. I don't think it necessarily is. I mean, I think they are individuals. Okay. Cool. I think they are individuals. Kind of like a coral reef. Yeah, I think Polyps. they're all born of like this greater fungus ah, okay. thing. Yeah, like that, a, like okay. sprawls the underdark. I got you. I got you. Um, there are illithids in. Okay, so so we in the upper dark, you're gonna have like some Duergar. You're gonna have some Drow. You're gonna have some dwarves. Dwarves do live down here. And, I was gonna ask. Yeah, they they vie for territory down here. Um, you're gonna have maybe goblins, trolls, some some regular monsters. Um, but none of the real, real scary stuff quite yet. When you, you get to the middle dark, you start having, like, illithids are down here and deeper. Uh, illithids are, like, have we talked about them at all? I no, I, I don't remember. I don't think okay. so. Because I've got, like, some vague idea of what that illithids is. Illithids have a lot of different, like, um, so, like origins. Okay. We're not going to really talk about any of those. But basically, they are these squid parasites that right <clears throat> what they do is uh when when they need a body first and foremost we have they about kill this. the human they devour the brain and then they take the place of the brain and head right and they actually it, the humanoid then transforms and becomes like this humanoid with like a squid head and ten- yeah much like uh like davy jones like davy jones there we go <laughs> just like davy jones actually Fucking uh without davy like jones. the lobster claw and all that shit just the squid head just the squid head and uh they are hyper intelligent they do the um, psychic stuff right they are incredibly psionic um they're all about enthralling and devouring brains there it is and they serve an elder yeah. brain which 
which we'll get into that another time. But we, they, I think we have talked about this on the podcast. Actually, have we? Yeah, okay. we've definitely talked about it outside the podcast. Well, mind flayers slash illithids will get their own episode, so we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But they've had like huge civilizations rise and fall, and uh, the drow and them don't get along. Nothing down here gets along, but they're always fighting for territory as well. They live down here with no their, secrets, with their no thralls. friends, yeah, pretty, only psychics, yeah, only psychics, yeah, <laughs> and um. We've talked about beholders. We've talked about them living down here. And so, yeah, they exist down here in all the various ways that we discussed in our beholders episode. Making layers and Um, shit. Yeah. Food and water is a serious problem down here, um, despite the fact that there are actual oceans down here. Okay. There are huge caverns that expand, that are the size of seas that have saltwater seas in them. Cool. With horrid monstrosities that live underneath the surface. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, But yeah, food and water is scary enough as it is. Now we got under dark oceans. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like like I was saying though, food and food and water is a constant issue down here. If if you're running a campaign long term down here, you need to treat the underdark very much like you would like any other tough terrain, like high mountains or desert, where like food and water hard hard to get survival go, style. Yeah, survival style. There we go. Um, usually, I don't keep track of that kind of stuff in my campaign, but if I'm in the underdark, you you should because it, it's a problem. How much gnome jerky you got left? Yeah, pretty I don't much. Know, man, not um, a lot. The the underdark is 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 a deadly place inherently, like to the point of like no food and water. Horrible things live down here. Like there's traps and, and weird environments around every corner, and sometimes the air itself is fucking deadly. That's full because, of nasty magic mist and shit. Well, yeah, but like there are going to be whole sections that have been cut off from like the surface. For so long that the air is stale and poisonous. Ooh. Like, have you ever heard of of, of stale air uh, in real life? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. That, that shit will kill archaeologists if they go into like uh, a, a pyramid tome or something that's yes, been stale too yes, long. Yes, yes, and they yes, breathe the stale, it'll, yeah. it'll fucking kill them. Nice. Um, and Super same good. down here. Uh, is there, like bacteria growing in the air? Yeah, I don't know the details, no. so, but. Um, uh, there's, I mean, there's poisonous and deep gas fumes that come spouting out of the ground down it's here. My favorite volcanic fumes, all kinds of stuff. Mm. Speaking of which, there's going to be like whole volcanic yeah. environs down like here, like lava, lava mm-hmm. shit. So yeah. not necessarily dark in those places if it's volcanic. I guess not. And there are some sources of light <laughs> scattered scattered throughout the underdark. That's a section called the underdim. Yeah, the underdim. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> there's going to be sections where like phosphorescent fungi and whatnot. Okay. Um. So there, there's that. Um. Funnily enough, despite like all the deadly shit down here, the temperature is moderate year round all the time. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice seventy-two degrees. I would equate that. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely lovely on yeah. the skin. Yeah, um, yeah, it I feels would equ- great. I would equate that to like a planet core, but as we talked about, it's actually just a pizza. So there yeah, is no- yeah, D and D. It's just a pizza. <laughs> um, um, there's pizza downstairs. You want to take a short rest? And have yes. Some? Oh fuck yes, I do. Okay. Sorry guys, short rest time. <laughs> Um, hell yeah, I do. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the show where we take a quick break and we talk about something else. It's different from what we were talking about. It's usually about us and you. Let's talk about you. Thanks. Thank you for coming here and listening to the show. Really appreciate it, whether on YouTube or SoundCloud or Podcast Addict or iTunes, whatever it is, however you found us, thank you very much. Um, Will, I think uh, we wanted to talk about a couple things today. Yeah, yeah. I think first off, let's talk about, um, we wanted to shout out to the podcast Join the Party who had us on a few weeks back to have an interview with us and it was a lot of fun we had a good time and that episode is actually airing on the 27th so if you're interested in uh listening in on an interview with uh us truly from the dungeon cast yeah will and brian uh yeah that that episode will have aired on the 27th so by the time this episode airs that was last tuesday so go check it out and then if you like that you should go ahead and check out the entire podcast showing the party they're an actual play live cast and it's it's a really high quality podcast with really really enjoyable both characters and players playing those characters yeah it's a great and, show yeah, um, eric does a great job of dming and it's it's a load of fun so uh yeah check it out yeah they're they're uh they're called join the party um and then i think that the episode we're gonna be on <clears throat> airs on their off week of the game which is yeah which they're calling their punch bowl yeah the punch yeah. bowl and he said it was like you know join the party and like 
after the party, we talk about like we go have a conversation with somebody at the Punch Bowl. I thought that was clever. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It's, so, yeah, it's a cool theme they got yeah, going on. Go over check there. it out. I'm pretty sure they're on everything. Uh, all the yeah, podcasts. Yeah, you can find them on iTunes. You can find them on uh, pretty much anywhere you download podcasts. I got podcasts. them on podcast um, You can follow them on Twitter at Join the Party Pod. Um, but yeah, check them out. Cool. Um, I think the other thing we want to talk about is our ongoing podcast for Dungeon, or not Dungeon Cast Minis. I guess if you get one from us, it's a Dungeon Cast Mini. Our ongoing contest, It's a Hero Forge Mini. (laughs) Yes, we're giving away three, and when this episode airs, I think it'll be July 3rd, so guess what? Tomorrow, we are announcing three winners for this contest. Happy 4th of July, also. Yeah, that too. So if you have have not done what you need to do to join this contest and win those minis, you got a day. Do it now. What do we need to do to win the contest? All you got to do to to join this contest is to tweet a link to a show, whether that's an episode, a playlist, whether it's SoundCloud or and iTunes. Not just any or, show. Or our, our show. <laughs> the show. The only show that matters right now. The Dungeon Cast. <laughs> the Dungeon Cast. And when you tweet the link to the show, you have to add the hashtag Dungeon Cast so I, th- I can then see it and add it to the list. And if you do this, you will be added to the list of people and I will pull three names from that list tomorrow cool and i appreciate everybody using hashtag fate bullshit that was nice um, oh yeah that is nice <laughs> uh but don't do it for this one use hashtag dungeon cast that's what we use to uh if you want to tweet about the show hashtag hashtag dungeon cast is a great way for us to see it uh and putting out a link means you're entered in the contest so please do um we want to spread the word about the show word of mouth is great and uh that would be awesome for you guys to tell everybody on your twitter feeds about us so you can find us on twitter at the dungeon cast if you want to get in on that or just see what will's doing on the twitter because he's he's running a pretty good pretty good thing there uh you can also find us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast we're on youtube just search dungeon cast uh any of the podcast uh uh applications will bring us up um please uh if you're on youtube like subscribe all that and uh if you are on itunes please leave us a rating and a review that would be amazing um but other than that just thanks again just really just oh just thank you yeah, the the audience has been growing for this show. This show has been growing at a at a very fast rate, and uh, it's a little overwhelming. And I can't thank you guys enough. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And I'm glad that uh, you guys are enjoying the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of the show, let's get back to it. Let's get back to the show. Last thing I was talking about was that despite all the horrid shit, the temperature seems to be very nice. Yeah, it's um, mild. Stra- strangely enough, the water temperature in this place is as, is incredibly close to freezing at all times. Is that magic related? I, it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I just know that that's the case. It just is. Okay. Um. So yeah, this this place is scary, scary, scary. I would say this place is scarier than uh, the Shadowfell or the Fae, as far as I'm concerned. I was going to ask how similar to the Shadowfell this is. It doesn't sound um, like it's, too similar. It's not, but. I mean, they're dark and drab. Yes, that's true. Um, but the beholder so, only lives in one of them. True. Um, so as I was saying about like the whole reality kind of growing thin here. Yeah. And because of that, uh, it's very easy to cross into both the Fey Dark and the Shadow Dark from here, Ooh. which are the equivalents in both the Shadowfell and the Fey uh, realm, Fey Wild. Um, okay. So um, differences: the Fey Wild, the Fey Dark is going to be uh, a lot more phosphorescent. A lot less actually dark, and uh, it will be dim, but there's going to be glowing rock and glowing crystals and glowing fungi. Um, Goblins live down here, but the more fey kind of goblins, there's going to be trolls, and uh, Fomorians is probably going to be your big thing. Fomorians are like 
giant, super ugly, really ugly giants. I think last episode they're, we started like, by saying "fugly fomorians." Yeah, fugly fomorians. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a fomorian is like if you took a took a hill giant and then uh, subjected him to a mad amount of radiation and became a mutant hill giant. That's a fomorian. They're like purple, grotesque looking giants, mm. and they're really nasty and mean. And uh, they kind of run the shit down there in the Fade Arc. Um, the Shadow Dark <laughs> is going to be a lot like. The regular Underdark, just shadowier and grimmer. <laughs> Shadow Kai live there. Uh, Shadowier. Yeah, yeah. It's it. just, yeah, it's just, it just, it just sucks that much more. I, I guess you could say there's not a lot of light, but there's sure a lot of shadows here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, let's see here. Uh, one of the things the Underdark kind of does have in common with the Shadowfell is the, you know, the Shadowfell has that kind of like that Shadowfell despair. Yes, yes. The Underdark like seven days. Or? Yeah, every every day or so you have to make a saving throw. Oh, I was thinking about the story you told me about the guy they subjected to mm, like mm-hmm. a, basically a death sentence. Yeah, he only lasted for seven, seven days. days. Yeah, um, and he didn't even watch the ring. No, he didn't. But uh, in in the Underdark, there is a chance, especially the deeper you go, um, that the Underdark will begin to drive you mad. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is close proximity to the Far Realm. Okay. Um, the there are there are sections of the under, Underdark that are so deep that like nothing goes there. Oh. Um, because okay. there's such horrid other shit down there. Uh, I think you have the distinct possibility of falling into the Far Realm the deeper you go down there. Um, there's a lot of um. There there's Legends that like Torog is down there, the god Holy that shit. can't escape. Like, yeah, he's somewhere down there. Speaking of gods, there's like more than a few that are constantly vying for control of this horrible place. Of the deep there's, underdark. Yeah, there's Torog, and then Loth considers it hers because okay. of the Drow. And uh, there's a, a dark elf. There's a Drow god named uh, Ganadar who used to be part of the pantheon with Loth, but was betrayed by her. Okay, and like he's kind of. He is a god of the drow, but he's also a god of, like, oozes and whatnot, and uh, he kind of feels like this is his domain, because there's a lot of, like, oozes and shit down here. They like, they, they permeate this place. Oh, like, fuck. Uh, black puddings and ochre jellies and all that. They're all down here. Oozes are nuts. Yeah. I can't wait for the ooze episode. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, there are creatures down here called the Kuatoa, which I don't like them. They're gross and scary. <laughs> what, what are they? They're psychotic schizophrenic fish people and i mean by fish people they're like these short squat humanoids with a giant like fish head like so like like a humanoid body but like a like a a short squat body with a big old fish head so it's like a football shape kind of yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what they look like so i'm picturing like a tail on the back of the head um there's like a fin okay yeah so like the head is if you cut off the head it would look like a goldfish but there's a body underneath Well, not like a goldfish more like i don't know like a sardine a beta Sure. <laughs> Anyways, they're really nasty creatures that, okay, so get this, like their shtick is that they worship these gods that don't exist, but they believe in them so fucking fervently that sometimes they come about and start to exist. What? Yes. Okay. And they're like these weird cultist looking things. And, and sometimes they get tricked into worshiping like a demon god to help power up the demon god oh, cool. or de- demon prince. Super will. good. Yeah, speaking of which, the demon princes vie for power fucking everywhere. And the, the Underdark is a place that sometimes they can touch. So you're flying cultists and shit down here. I think the entire Out of the Abyss module has a thing where like the demon princes are here. 
They're fucking <laughs> shit up. And we're yeah. here. And then they're, and they're warring each other for, for dominance of the of the Underdark. It's, yeah. So they have like their legions of mortals that they're employing, more or less. I think in Out of the Abyss, no, they're literally just here. They don't need oh. no fucking legion. I don't like, need no mortals. Yeah, they, they, the armies would fall beneath the, the rage of Demogorgon. Like, nothing would be able to harm him. Yeah, homeboy on the Demogorgon's back, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We talk about him a lot, despite me not liking him. He's like one of my <laughs> least favorite demon princes, but he comes up a lot. His name just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, though. it does. It does. And I think he's probably the most popular of the demon princes, him and Orcus. Shout out to Demogorgon. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so we've talked a lot about horrible things that live here. There are some not so horrible things, and we talked about them a little bit. There's the Myconids. There's the dwarves. There are some deep gnomes. Um, there are creatures called flumps. Oh, and they are do they, they fly. They they float about, yes, and they are like the only nice thing that ever come out of the far realm. It's kind of huh? bad when like we use the uh, we use the alliteration is at the beginning of the and episode. You don't know what they are. I just re- yeah, uh, <laughs> like I go through the monster manual like this is an F word, flying flumps. Yeah, it's and like, they well, do, do fly. they fly? They well, do fly. Yeah, oh, they cool. do fly. They mo- they mostly float. They just float. Uh, and they're really friendly, benign, all, uh, tentacle monsters, <laughs> but they're really adorable actually, and they okay. got like they're like. They're like floating jellyfishes. They're hyper-intelligent, though, and they have uh, psionic abilities. Cool. But um, they are hated by all the other Far Realm creatures, <laughs> and they're usually constantly fleeing for their lives. Okay. Um, they do have some defenses and stuff. We'll do a Flumps episode. or They probably can't carry their own episode, but we'll, we'll, we'll put them with Being something psychic else Psychic well. seems to give you some, some like footing in the Underdark. Well, it's just that like the Far Realm permeates here, and almost everything from the Far Realm is highly psionic, so it's just psionics are a thing here. Cool. Um, Quagoths are a thing. Um, We've used that in the alliterations, too. um, Yes, yes, we have. (laughs) They are these weird bear-like humanoid creatures that are generally neutral. They're they're very primal, almost animal-like, but they are intelligent, and they can speak. Okay. And they just... They're, they they kind of trail. They're very nomadic. They don't really have like a society or a city, but they they wander about here. Um, there are aboliths who we haven't talked too much about aboliths, but they're from the far realm, and they are like giant, hyper 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 intelligent fish monsters that enthrall psionically hundreds of of slaves if they can, oh, shit. and they. They have memories that date back to the beginning of all creation. Do did they earn those memories? Or are they stolen memories? I think they... they're. I think they're just incredibly long lived. They're some of the okay. oldest creatures in the existence. Holy of, fuck! Of all D and D, we'll do an Abolith episode. Um, it's around when God was a boy. Yes. So <laughs> so we've talked about how horrible this place is, and and I've described it as best I can. Do you have any other questions about the Underdark? Anything um, I'm not covering? That any questions that come to your mind? How dark is it? It's incredibly dark. A lot of times, completely no light. It's why uh, dark elves have both um, Sun the sunlight sensitivity and the superior dark vision. Um, if I'm, if I this might I don't know how this is gonna, if I pull out my torch and light it. Uh-huh. Like, am I going to attract enemies? Probably. Then they're going to want that like, shit. They but want. I mean, they want it dark. Um, I don't think they care either way. Uh, yeah, nothing's uh, really trying to light it up, as far as I know. Like, yeah. deep gnomes kind of maybe they have like dim lighting going on. I don't know. Everything's got dark vision. Yeah, but I mean, I think they they still have dim lighting going on in the the deep gnomes at least. Um, okay. The thing is, like, it's such a sprawling, wide place, like. If you light your torch, it's not necessarily uh, certain that something will see it immediately. 
But if you start wandering about with the torch for like hours, yeah, you're going to attract some attention without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so these like cultists, they're coming down from the material plane and the surface and they're trying to get to the like great old ones and shit. The, the... I could see that being a thing because okay. since like uh, this place has such proximity to the far realm, like if you're looking for that kind of connection, like, yeah, if you're if you're willing to brave the depths, I mean, there are worse places you can go to try and uh, like actually make that connection. So now my questions are like geographically based, like compared mm-hmm. to what is above there. Now, this tunnel, this underdark system, mm-hmm. uh, and it does seem like a system that's down. It here. can be. But there are whole sections on the underdark that don't contact each other. Okay. Like, for instance, like you would have a whole section up here that like the only, the only way to get to it is there's like a few surface entrances, but in no way is it connected to anywhere else in the underdark. It's like this little underdark section that's cut off from the rest of everything. So what's going to, now there are lots of fantastic things in D and D. Yes. And I don't think it's so far removed to have something in the ocean, try to burrow its way to the underdark. And that seems bad because the ocean would drain into the underdark, right? Um, yeah, but again, remember, like, a lot of this isn't interconnected. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a true. A lot of it You're isn't, right. yeah. Okay, so it wouldn't necessarily be... Mm-mm. Okay, so, okay. And the ocean really is fucking huge. Yeah, huge, huge, yeah. Huge, yeah. So I was, I was like, thinking, and, like, and, I, and I would even say, in all honesty, unless you're subscribing, unless your underdark is specifically, like, never ends, like, you can just keep going down and down and down, uh, which, in some lore, it could be like that. But if it's not like that, then, like, you could... Even if all the Underdark was interconnected, the ocean would fill it all up, and it might lower a little bit, but it's the fucking ocean. Like, yeah, you know, you're so, right. You're right. The vo- yeah. Just the volume alone. Yeah, exactly. And these are like tunnels, and there's water already down there. Is this a fantasy physics episode? Is this what we're doing? Welcome to fantasy <laughs> physics, everybody. I'm going to be digging uh, through the ocean on this episode. Uh, episode two and a half, maybe yeah, three? I don't remember. Yeah, episode 2.5. But yeah, basically, uh, it's been going on, and I didn't tell you about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, we're, we're exploring yeah. what happens if we dig tunnels from the ocean into the Underdark, and not a lot. The answer yeah, is not actually, a lot happens. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have. We talked about the madness. Uh, I, there's a general like theme of enslavement <laughs> with the Underdark. Everything down here either enslaves or devours or does both. Like the Illithids, they enthrall and they enslave. The Aboliths, they enthrall and enslave. The Drow have a mad amount of slaves. Slavery is like their trade. Duergar, same shit. Like... Like, well, I don't know. Do deep gnomes don't devour a slave? They're kind of like well, okay, like not everything. I'm just saying most things most down things. here. Beholders, they usually just kill, but sometimes they do enthrall. Like we've talked about that. <laughs> they're just paranoid as fuck. Yeah, they're super <laughs> super hyper paranoid. Um, well, do dragons go into the underdark? Sometimes, yes. For why? Um, okay, so the most common there's two. The two most common dragons you'll find down here. Number one would be shadow dragons from the Shadowfell. Oh, that's that right. Can cross back and forth. Um, Every kind of dragon. There is every kind of dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there are purple dragons, which okay. we haven't talked about because they're not in the monster manual. Oh. But they are the underdark dragon. Oh, shit. Yeah. And okay. the, I would like to do an episode on like secondary chromatic dragons. So we'll talk about browns, yellows, purples. We might talk about like, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, bi- bichromatic, polychromatic. We'll, we'll, oh, that's we'll, right. We'll do an entire. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll do chroma- chromatic dragons part, part deux. Part and then metallic dragons is another yeah. part. Yeah, we're going to do metallic dragons. I can't wait for that. And then metallic dragons will have a second part too because we're only going to talk about. Part yeah, part. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, 
silver, gold, bronze, brass, and copper in the first episode. But there's also iron, adamantium, mithril, like... It gets crazy. Yeah, welcome well uh welcome back everybody. This is a show about Dungeons and Dragons and dragons are a thing. Yes, yeah, so we will eventually talk more about <laughs> God, them. We go for there's such long stretches where you don't talk about dungeons or dragons. Yeah. Well, the Underdark still... could be considered one gigantic dungeon. It could. Yeah. It could. Yeah, so there that is. Uh let's talk a little bit about the not so intelligent things in the Underdark. Um I'm sure you've looked through the monster manual and seen things like hook horrors or ropers mm-hmm. or dark mantles. Yes. These things are all like the basic fauna of the Underdark. That's where they, they live. Yeah. Like They're said, all very sneaky. If it's gross and horrible and monst- monstrous, like, and it doesn't have a, a very obvious um, plane of existence, it, they throw in the Underdark. That's just the way it is. For sure. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a hodgepodge mishmash. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the Underdark is just like this. Just hor- It's just horrific. That's just the thing about it. It's just horrific. <laughs> it's just a nasty time. It's a nasty, horrible place. Well, if you don't get any questions, I think I'm done talking about this horrible, horrible place. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye. Have a good one. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.